0: Consumer demands, disruptive technologies, and AI are shaping healthcare for years to come. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on these issues with leaders who are driving change. We hope that these stories will inspire you to create and demand a better future in healthcare. Please welcome your host, Alan Tam, Chief Marketing Officer at Actium Health. Our first two seasons of Hello Healthcare are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our conversations with some of healthcare's most well-respected leaders in marketing, business strategy, data science, and much more. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, healthcare. It's inevitable nowadays not to be engaged with AI or artificial intelligence. From your news feeds, to your last Amazon purchase, to your latest episode of your favorite show on Netflix, we've all interacted with knowingly or unknowingly AI. And AI has been used for at least a decade in healthcare on the clinical side, from physician dictation, to image processing, to assisting with patient diagnosis. But what about the non-clinical side of healthcare? Can and does AI have a role in helping healthcare marketers, strategists, and operators with their business initiatives and tasks at hand. Joining me here today is Sujal Raju, CEO and founder of Incubator. Incubator is an award-winning digital solutions agency that has helped many leading health systems deliver world-class web content and experiences. Sujal, thank you so much for taking the time today and Welcome to the podcast.
1: It's an honor, Alan. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So, all you work with many different health systems. I'd love to learn more and about what you guys do and how you're helping these health systems.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. And you know, I'm sure this session will be great. The hardest topic around. And I think there is enough to be learned still and enough that is already out there. And people are adapting it at such an alarming rate. That, you know, It is certainly interesting to see how it's going to For for us, incubator, uh, we have been working with especially healthcare clients for over two decades now and working with them on their web initiatives initially. Then it went to the mobile and then mobile apps. And now mostly all digital is mostly mobile because everyone has gadgets and things that are talking to each other, especially like, you know, with the autonomous cars, you know, all the other things at your house uh, or even at offices, or in this case, the health systems, right? Everything is interacting with you coming from wayfinding and things like that. We have been part of this journey for, I would say about 10 years. We've been working with such artificial intelligence uh, sort of uh, applications, you know, from reading surveys and making analysis from it so that you can gather, uh, you know, if you think about social media and you have hundreds and hundreds of posts and comments, and then how do you have a single person, if you've employed someone as a social media expert, to read all of that, make sense out of it, and which ones to comment on, or get a sense of you know the emotion of the person who is commenting, and how do you respond to that? Both negative and positive. There is so much that could be could use AI and and benefit from. That's
0: primarily what our interest is, and we research on that quite a bit. That's awesome. So you know, help the audience understand. Help me understand what is AI, right? I think yeah. that people are are not sure. Like, what is it, and how does it work?
1: Something that the AI acronym has been thrown around and everything that seems like dynamic, uh, you know, people say, oh, that's AI. Partly true, but I would say AI in, uh, you know, lay terms is simply a machine that has learned enough and is able to make decisions like human humans would. So it has a lot of data that it analyzes and lots and lots of data that it can. And the more data you feed it, the more better it gets. And then it's able to use the neural networks to be able to analyze the data from different layers at the same time, and then be able to use that and and give out predictions and, I would say, decision-making like humans would. So that's what, you know, is AI.
0: So... Do you believe that AI should be used in healthcare? Is there a fear that AI will replace a lot of the work that physicians or healthcare marketers or business folks that are doing today?
1: In my opinion, it's inevitable. It is going to come here, not just in healthcare, but everywhere, right? So let's embrace it. There are things that we got to make sure that we learn from it and utilize. And I feel certainly you know, there are things to be feared upon because we don't know much yet as to what shape it's going to take. Physicians, a lot of things that that could benefit, right? So, I mean, this conference is about marketers. So we could use that and leverage that to provide better service for our consumers. And that's all about, like, you know, making a brand that uh, supports that consumer to get what they need at the right time. And then physicians and nurses with clinical researches that could
0: be automated. Mm-hmm. So there are several areas that I think healthcare can benefit. Absolutely. Well, I agree with you 100%. But... As we look at the application of AI, what are some of the boundaries and limitations within healthcare that you and your clients have come up against?
1: Yeah, so, you know, with the uh, chat GPT, which has come around and with the popularity, everyone's just getting to it and be able to use it and not realizing like what they should or should not do. So I think one of the first boundaries or limitations that I advise my friends in healthcare and, and leadership positions is that... Please let them, please let them be aware what it is, how to use it, and also make sure that they do not put any personal information out there just because it's too tempting, uh, especially the ones like imagery and things like that, where it's able to feed off an image that you provide and then say, all right, enhance it or something like that. It's out there for anyone to take from there on. And and you know, some of these AI programs actually state that right there in their terms of you saying that, hey, we could use this to better our algorithms or use this for our own research, which means that the data could be out there exposed. So, limitations are where, you know, make sure that you use that for studies. If possible, employ that artificial intelligence systems within your system so that the boundaries are set so that that data is not going outside, but you're able to feed that from the data within, and then you're also able to get the research out of it or uh, analysis out of it within the system so it's not exposed to the outside having personal data exposed is the biggest risk you know obviously with the privacy policies one good thing in healthcare is that uh, we know we have been exposed to hipaa regulations for the longest time and and we know we understand what's personal information what what are limitations and how we should or should not use that data but then once you expose it to artificial intelligence it just goes and you know unless you set it to say like hey these are the things that you should not be saying or or doing these are some of the things that we have to train it
0: Absolutely. So is it safe, right? So I think the top of mind healthcare, especially on the non clinical side, which I find fascinating, is I believe more risk adverse than the clinical side. Correct. So how do you overcome that? How do you help your friends and leaders and healthcare take that step and assume that risk like this is okay to move forward with?
1: So, you know, what I advise is like use it for the softer things right now. For example, like, you know, hey, you have comments from social media. So let it analyze that and get you a summary all right, of like, okay, what's the general emotion of where this is heading? Is it positive or negative? And then react to it. Content writing is in one place where you can say like, all right, I wanted to give me ideas on topics or maybe like give me an idea for the heading, the proper heading for doing this new story or things like that. Get some ideas like that, but don't overuse it in areas that you don't understand how it could produce content or use that content to be able to say things. It's like, you know, one of the risks I say is like, uh, or, or no different than think like a, a person that you've employed and if they go rogue, it's, it's still like, you know, it basically it's computer systems that have been taught to learn from whatever data you feed. And then the algorithms or, or patterns that you're saying, like this is how you want to produce the the analysis. So if that has not been done right, it's possible that it's going to give out results that you possibly don't want. So those are some of the risks.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So you've seen a lot of applications. Mm-hmm. You work with a lot of different health systems. Yeah. Share with us kind of what are the best examples yeah. of AI applications in healthcare today?
1: I myself am very excited about, you know, all the different applications that AI could be used on. On the marketing side, I think hyper-personalization is a concept uh, that, you know, I have been working on for a while. Think of Amazon. Amazon's initial website had homepage, and then you had navigation and other things but now amazon's website is completely dynamic the homepage that you get is completely different than the homepage that i get it's based off my patterns of what i have shopped on and the philosophy before was like hey make them stay on your site for longer but amazon does not care amazon just only cares about how many products you can sell right so the less time you spend is fine with them it's you know how many products are you buying and and you know they're able to produce that completely to my taste and and interests, and it's able to you know show me those, you know able to make my purchases faster, which is com- you know completely fine with me. I'm satisfied with that. It saves me time. On the clinical side, I feel like uh, one of the research studies at MIT is what I take examples from is that you know it's it's life-saving to find a cell that could be cancerous and and detecting it as early as possible. So AI has been used by MIT to study scans for the longest time, like, you know, all the records that they had or how much ever they could produce for this data study and find, an, you know, a sort of like a pattern or or um, data results, which would show, like, hey this cell should be looked at. And and that's life-saving because, you know, what could be analyzed as a cancerous cell months from now could move that patient into more of a danger zone then they require chemotherapy and other things. Whereas if you were able to detect that cell months ahead or years ahead, then you could take care of it in early stages and possibly cause a lot of healthcare, I would say benefit from these patients having healthier lifestyle and things like that that could avoid the chemotherapies and other advanced treatments. Right. So I think that, that, that is one, one place, but imagine that kind of research and study using AI in all the different areas, and I think it will improve uh, you know healthcare.
0: Yeah. Hello Healthcare is brought to you by Actium Health healthcare leaders use Actium's CRM intelligence to identify their highest risk patients and drive them to care. Increase your patient volumes, revenue growth, and improve your quality scores today. Learn more at actiumhealth.com. And now back to the show. I really like that example, but I also do want to go back to what you mentioned, which is personalization. Mm-hmm. Share with me, kind of, you know, what are some specific examples that you've seen from a personalization perspective directly in healthcare, like Amazon personalized homepages for yeah. each healthcare consumer. Yeah, what are some examples in healthcare that utilize AI for? Yeah that level of personalization.
1: Yeah, I don't have like many examples of sites doing that, but we have done it. And I'll walk you through the trend of how it all started, right? So early 2000s, late 90s, you see sites that are brochureware. It's only talking about like, hey, we have these departments at our hospital. It talks about that and has a picture. And that was it. Then came like sites where you would have what they used to call like My Health. So My Health was a way to personalize content so that when I log into the portal, I'm now able to see my results, my doctor, my location that I practice at, my forms that I need to fill, and things like that. And then fast forward, like, you know, now in 2020, late 2020s, and uh, or sorry, early 2020s, late 2010s, and, uh, you know, you see AI being used for taxonomy, which is the next trend where, you know, based on what you're looking at, it then suggests you like, hey, these are the topics that you might be interested in. That used to be in the right or the left rail, and it would say, hey, related topics. Mm -hmm. And then it would get to it, sort of like Amazon at that point, saying like, hey, if you're interested in this product, you might also be interested in this product. But what we are working on right now is what we call as hyper-personalization is treating content in segments rather than a full topic. So for example, if you're trying to create a homepage, for let's say cardiology or something, you know, oncology and you know major clinical services, the trend is all right. You have a homepage, possibly a few feature segments, and then you would take them to like you know, okay, these are all the treatments and services, and you know everything is structured. But still, it is like one serving for all, and uh, you know everyone has to go through the same pattern, and it may or may not suit someone who is looking for a very specific information. So the philosophy switches to say like you know what. I'll feed the content management system that's capable of using AI with segments of data. So not necessarily saying that, hey, this is for homepage, but really say, so that could be a welcome message, which could be one segment. And then, it, you know, anything that talks about my department, my physicians, these are all individual segments that as long as I've properly tagged it, titled it and things like that, AI will then put together all of that for me as usual or for you, Alan, and produce information for you that is very relevant to what you're looking for, right? It can be based off patterns. For example, like Google, right? When you make a Google search or when I make a Google search, it's completely different. What results I'll get is completely different than what you will get. It's all based based off the AI, and it's able to produce the page zero results, which is really giving you the answers, the rich snippets, giving you the answers right there. So I think like, you know, that's the progression for the websites, mobile apps, and mobile websites, do the same. Provide segmented data that are stitched together and provide it to the consumer based on their interests and their need at that time. There are a lot of parameters, not just interest, but also like at that moment, what do
0: I need? Absolutely. I I do find that fascinating. And I think that's a fantastic example of that. Yeah. And would love to see more of that technology be implemented for, for healthcare. Yes. What's fascinating is I still think that is very primitive compared to the other example that you shared on the clinical side, where it's like, I'm using AI to detect whether this particular cell in this patient is cancerous. Why do you think there's so much risk adversity on the business side of healthcare compared to the clinical sides? It kind of seems counterintuitive to me.
1: Right, right. And it's also, you know, because in healthcare, there is a lot of gray areas of where someone thinks that, hey, this is okay to do, whereas, you know, it turns out that it was not okay. Take an example of the Facebook Metapixel, like, you know, the whole of last year was all about damage control, because no one realized that, you know, they were collecting this data and then someone sued a hospital system. And then all of a sudden, the legal teams everywhere are like, hey, stop everything, just take off everything off yourself, you know, from your website. So I think, you know, taking that into AI where it's very hard to understand it, right? Not many and many people understand it. Even the biggest scientists don't know where it's heading, because it's able to make decision making like humans. So, you know, it all depends on what kind of data we're we going to feed it and again it's open to anyone's imagination of where we take this right and you know we all see all these futuristic movies from 1980s 90s and even 2000s and you see flying cars and this and that well all of that who knows what's going to be possible i mean we imagined that back to the future 2020 or, or you know that you know they were talking about that era and we don't have flying cars yet but it's accelerating at a much faster rate than we anticipated as soon as OpenAI became accessible with, through ChatGPT. Because this is the first time or one of the first times where you know you now had a user interface to interact with AI. AI has been around and been advanced for the longest time. But this time, it was made accessible through a user interface, which people could now access. And people are using it with plugins and other things to put in a lot of applications. You know, It's going to be fascinating to see what those will come out. So that being said, how does the legal team, the business team cope up with it to say that, hey, stop that or, you know, like, don't do this or let's just do this. That's the hardest part that's going to happen. New regulations have to come in and say like, hey, do not use for this or if you do this, just like, you know, how the car industry was before until when a lot of accidents started happening is when the regulations became stringent. And now they are better for us, even air, you know, aircraft flying and all of that. So I feel like over here and every other application, every other industry, we will probably have regulations that will be created
0: to you know kind of put a safeguard rail around it. All right. So that makes a lot of sense. Where do you see AI adoption going in healthcare in the next eighteen to twenty-four months?
1: Different areas, I think. Uh, you know, so for example, with five G, which is allowing a lot more bandwidth, a lot more responsiveness, and a lot more data that could be transferred at faster rates. I feel like a lot of Internet of Things devices are going to come out, which means that as I walk into the hospital, I'm greeted. You know, I don't have to go to the front desk, but it already knows from my app that I've already given permission to interact with the hospital system to say like, hey, I have this appointment at the fourth floor. How do I get there? You know, something is telling me through my earbuds or, you know, like things like that and you know i'm just able to do things faster that's at the clinic physically but then you have research studies where using what's called as merged reality which is using virtual reality as well as augmented reality to do healthcare studies right so you could have a specialist somewhere in i would say let's say in asia or in europe and they are interacting with students here in north america or you know vice versa And they're able to, you know, sit like we are. And and in front of us, you have a 3D hologram of the heart and you're studying it and you're able to make decisions and research. Similarly, robotic surgeries could be happening remotely. You know, a specialist from New York could do a surgery back in Australia, let's say, and they're able to do that, whereas other assisting physicians or robots are, you know, helping with that. So it could be life-saving, right? In marketing side, hyper-personalization is one of the things. The other would be providing data or e-commerce applications or sign-ups that could happen online, not just on social media, but on your own website. How does that work out? Don't know yet, but we all know that consumers are demanding it. Look at how popular the electric cars have become. Look at how popular our home appliances have become that are AI-based, right? So if you have running out of milk, the refrigerator is already talking to your shopping list and telling like, okay, these are the things that are running out. And then when you go to the grocery store or something, either they already have put everything together and ready for you to pick up or you, get, you enter the grocery store and it t- telling you like, okay, you know, all the items in this store is at these locations. So it's giving you the best path to pick them up and then you check out, right? So similar experiences could be found in healthcare, like, you know, where you come in, come out, pre-op and post-op, so, you know, treatments could look different, individualized, personalized for you because what physical therapy session could look like for someone may not be the best for someone else because they could have some other problems. Like, you know, they could have had a total knee replacement surgery done a couple of years ago and now the hip replacement, So how does that look? It looks different than someone who is, you know, it's their first surgery. So lots and lots of areas that's gonna, you know, change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for healthcare, they don't have to look very far because AI is actually already part of, all our lives as healthcare consumers already i know with been. my health system day before my appointment i'll get a point reminder once i walk in onto campus there's the mobile check-in which is really cool you know the airline industry has had that for a very long time correct right and healthcare is just uh, adopting it now so i think there's a lot of potential a lot of examples a lot of inspiration outside of healthcare that healthcare can turn to 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 leverage that technology. So y'all, it's been an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed this overview and I think you've painted a really good perspective in terms of how AI can be applied uh, in healthcare, uh, especially on the non-clinical side. Thank you so much for that. I'm sure many in the audience probably have a million more questions on technology and AI and how they can start adopting that. What's the best way for folks to kind of get a hold of you to continue the conversation?
1: So you can find us on uh, LinkedIn. My profile It's uh, LinkedIn slash Sujal Raju, is one of that. Our website, incubator.com. We would love to hear, if, uh, hear from you. We are actually already working on a couple of research projects with some major health systems. And we would love to hear what's your you need and uh, work with Partners that I have in the industry that I've worked with a lot of years, so we are certainly interested in in knowing you know what your needs are,
0: and I would love to work with you. Wonderful, Sujal, thank you so much again. For those of you in the audience, this is just the tip of the iceberg when we're talking about AI. And one thing that I agree two hundred percent with what Sujal said is we must embrace it. It's coming. It's the here. Let's understand it better and how it can help us in our everyday lives. So do reach out to us y'all on LinkedIn or incubator.com. And until next time, hello. Thanks again for tuning in to Hello Healthcare. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You and your feedback fuel us. This conversation is brought to you by Actium Health. To get the latest on what these healthcare leaders are saying, subscribe on hellohealthcare.com. Thanks. And when we see you next time, hello.